Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast. Welcome to episode 146. I hope that wherever you are in the world, whatever's going on, I hope you are keeping safe and keeping well here at SOR. We are definitely thinking of our Ukrainian listeners, friends of ours you know, in the Ukraine. We hope that you are keeping safe and, you know, and uh, we are definitely thinking of you. And our hearts are, are with you at this at this time. So, uh, yes, uh, I hope that this podcast takes you out of that you know rubbish situation for you know for an hour, and uh, and and takes your mind off things. So, um, yes, uh, we are definitely thinking of all of you. And wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening, it is great to have you here for another week. My name's Gary. I'm your host as always, and I'm once again flying solo in the Falcon. Um, my co-host Mark is off at the moment with some family leave he's uh, enjoying some family time and he might be back next week he might not we'll see but for this week certainly i am uh, out and about by myself i've got a jam-packed episode for you this week i'm going to round out a few news stories there's a few that have come up in the last week which uh, which deserve some mention i think uh, one of them which is uh, doesn't deserve mention it's just a silly rumor but we'll see if that comes to fruition further down the line and then I've got an interview I had a really good chat with a guy called Tim who runs a very very cool Star Wars YouTube channel called Bosk's Bounty he's one of the if you do a search for Star Wars the vintage collection on YouTube you'll see just hundreds tons of his videos he's very prominent in the collecting scene and is such a lovely guy so I grabbed him for uh, I don't know, half an hour, 40 minutes. And uh, we had a great chat about Star Wars figures and collecting, obviously, and just Star Wars in general. So so that's coming up later on in the episode. Uh, for now, let's bang on to these news stories. So the first one is, it's a, it's sad news to kick the news segment off with, admittedly, but uh, it definitely deserves a mention. And that is Alan Ladd Jr., who was one of the early ambassadors and champions of of Star Wars back in the day when it was initially being made was um, has sadly left us has passed away. He was uh, he was eighty four uh, when he died. Now, Alan Ladd Jr. is one of those people that when you're talking about Star Wars down the pub or you're with Star Wars fans anywhere at a convention or something, and the subject of the original trilogy comes up and the early days of 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 making Star Wars and getting it off the ground and so on, Alan's name is often missed off the list of important people who made Star Wars happen. So, of course, the maker, George Lucas, you know, his baby, his thing, of course. And then there were some other people that were very instrumental in in making sure that Star Wars was made. So Ralph McQuarrie, the amazing concept artist that brought it to life, George Lucas's script and his thoughts, you know, visually to life, and some other people, uh, John Williams and you know, Phil Tippett and ILM and, you know, all, all of those, you know, model makers and everyone. But Alan Ladd Jr., his name often gets missed for some reason. Now, if you've read any of the early making of Star Wars books or you've watched uh, the documentary, the you know, that mentions this stuff, the most famous one, the Empire of Dreams documentary, you will know that George Lucas had a real uphill battle with, first of all, uh, getting the project signed off by a studio. He didn't want to do it in the first place because he wanted to remove himself from the whole Hollywood system and so on. But he realised that at that point he needed them to get that first Star Wars film out. So when he, when it was passed at various other places, it was Fox that took up the project. And once the ball has started to roll and he's in production, those board of directors over at Fox, they really gave... Alan Ladd Jr. a hard time and you know they wanted to cancel the project a couple of times and they didn't believe in it believe in it and Alan was one of those guys that was like look I believe in George Lucas you know I think he's one of the best directors we've seen in you know a long time 
and it's going to be a masterpiece. It's going to be great. So he was really the middleman between George Lucas and the directors at Fox, and he really stood by George throughout the entire production. And there was a couple of times that he mentions in the documentary that he uh, he was, you know, very, very close to being fired. You know, they said, you know, if, if you don't pull production on Star Wars, you know, you're out the door sort of thing. This is ridiculous. And he kept fighting, kept, st- you know, he stood by it. And then ultimately... He was right, as was George and everyone else making the film when the film came out, smashed everything and, you know, the rest is history. So it's extremely sad that Alan leaves us because, you know, not just Star Wars, he's been involved in, you know, numerous uh, numerous other things, you know, over the years and stuff. He left Fox and then went on to uh, MGM and United and then uh, went on to do other, you know, he was... Uh, produced uh, some amazing films over the years he was producer on the original alien film willow blade runner thelma and louise you know all these things and then uh you know he's received oscars for things like braveheart and chariots of fire and stuff so you know a real a real key um you know inspirational person within the film and movie industry but for us here at sparkle rebellion obviously he'll be known you know most fondly for uh for backing up George Lucas and uh, and helping to get Star Wars essentially made and and into cinema, so uh, yeah, it, it's very sad that Alan leaves us, but a great legacy to look back on and uh, a lot of smiles um, brought to people's faces when you think of you know just how much he did for Star Wars and stuff. So yeah, uh, we say goodbye to Alan Ladd Junior, who was eighty four. Uh, moving on to some gaming updates. The we've had a raft of these over the last couple of months where uh, the uh, Lucasfilm Games department of Lucasfilm have kind of upped their production uh, roadmap, I guess, and they've spoken to other game studios. And I think we've got uh, roughly four or five confirmed games in production at the moment. The most recent one that's going to drop soon is the Lego Star Wars, the, the, the Skywalker saga, which is coming out next month, I believe. So that's the next one that's going to hit. And then we've got these other ones which are initially rumoured, but then we had confirmation from Lucasfilm Games that they were coming. And one of those was Star Wars Eclipse from Quantic Dream. And um, that looked really promising because the trailer that dropped to that, it was all wrapped up in a very nice, uh, in a nice little, nice little gift with a bow on top <laughs> for that one. So it wasn't one of those Star Wars announcements where, yeah, 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 it's coming at some point you know this star wars games on the way it was actually you know had a decent very high quality trailer the story element seemed to be in place they had uh, a pretty decent website that launched as well and you can go and check out all the information for the game over there but um so for me that looks like more one you know like one of looked like one of the more promising games that was on the radar but we've got this um uh i guess it's a report um somebody called xfire uh, sorry, someone called Tom Henderson from X-Fire has said that uh, he he thinks that the release date for Star Wars Eclipse has now slipped and is going to be 2027 or potentially 2028. So we're talking five, six years away uh, for the project to get off the ground. So I'm not sure how accurate that might be. But what they're basing this on is two things, really. The first one, which is the main reason for the delay is that the studio, which is based in France, Quantic Dream, they've had just over 60 job openings available since uh, December last year. And the uh, if you were to go on their site today, that number's gone up. So they've got nearly 70 vacancies. So it sounds like there's a huge staff shortage there. And one of the reasons that is the, the, at the top of the list at the moment is that for a few years now there's been several accusations of sexual harassment and just an overall toxic work environment at the studio and so because of that they've had walkouts and people leave and it sounds like they're struggling to now hire for obvious reasons so it looks like if this leak and if this report is true then the the guys at quantic dream or lucasfilm games haven't said this because there's been no official exact launch date announced anyway so they've not you know they're certainly not going to come out and say anything but if this report holds any water we could be waiting a, quite a while to play this one 
So it's good news that we've got other Star Wars games that are on the radar, which may or may, well, should hopefully anyway, come out before 2027. So we'll keep you up to date on what's happening with this. But yeah, if this is anything to go by, we could be waiting a little while for the old Star Wars Eclipse to drop. And the last news story I want to go through is not really news, but um, if Mark was here, we'd be having a, a good old crack around this one. So one of our good friends... I say good friends, not Mark and I personally. I mean good friends of, as in the Star Wars community. You'll know his name. You'll know his name. No, it's not Doomcock. Nope, it's the other dude, Mike Zero. Mike Zero has uh, apparently leaked from, you know, Mike Zero and Doomcock, these guys, they're uber-reliable sources, of course, as you'll remember, uh, has leaked this story that Ray, the character of Ray, played by... Daisy Ridley, of course, in the sequel trilogy. Uh, she's going to be replaced with a different actress to star in the new Disney Plus series, which picks up at the end of The Rise of Skywalker and will then uh, entertain us with the adventures and everything that Ray gets up to uh, post-sequel trilogy. So, like I said, this comes by way of Mike Zero. And uh, I've actually got this... Um, I've actually got this story from from the Express newspaper here in the UK. So it's gone mainstream. So they must be struggling for, for news, which is very surprising with what's going on in the world at the moment, that they're struggling for news. But there we go. And uh, they even say in the article, which is really funny, <laughs> they go on to say that, um, uh, that Mike Zero, uh, in the past, and his recent um, uh, so, uh, so-called leaks and so on, He's not been a hundred percent correct, so they uh, so this new le- leaked knowledge should be taken with a grain of salt. They say, uh, Express.co.uk, you are singing to the choir. I'm afraid on this one. <laughs> Anyone that's listened to Spark of Rebellion for a while now know that every now and then we cover these strange rumours and leaks and stuff that come from people like Mike Zero and, and Doomcock and so on. And. Um, yeah, so you'll know, we say that every time. Every time we cover one of these, uh, I'm doing finger quotes in the air here, stories, uh, we always say, take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, and then he goes on to basically say that uh, the character of Ray will likely be headed up by uh, Rachel Weiss, who, um, you know, he's a very big, uh, big film star in her own rights from the Mummy series and Constantine and, you know, Daniel Craig's missus basically. So uh, we have no idea if this is even happening. We don't even know that a Ray series is even happening at Disney Plus. Who knows? But according to Mike Zero, that's the thing. So yeah, who knows on that one? As always, like we always say, if we hear any more on it, then we'll we'll talk about it and keep you guys up to date. But so yeah, Ray is coming to Disney Plus. Instead of Daisy Ridley, it will be somebody else. According to Mike, Rachel Weiss, who knows? So that's the new Star Wars fan. Nothing else to go through. Uh, nothing worth talking about until next week, of course, where there might be more rumours and actual proper news stories dropping. But there we go. So moving on to the interview with uh, Tim from Bosk's Bounty. I had a really good chat with Tim and uh, essentially said, look, you know, we run a Star Wars podcast and uh, we'd love to have you on to chat. Star Wars collecting and figures and so on. I was expecting, you know, a couple of days to go past. Maybe he'll pick the email up and be like, yeah, maybe I'm pretty busy. But no, he replied very quickly and said, love to. So that's always a good sign. So it was uh, it was great to have Tim on. And we had a good old chat about Star Wars figures and collecting and some Star Wars stuff in general. So without further ado, here is that interview with Tim. Enjoy. Star Wars fans, I have a special guest joining me this week, someone who, if you've hopped over to YouTube over the past year or so, I guess, and searched for something like Star Wars, the vintage collection, you will have definitely seen and heard of this person. He's absolutely all over all, everything to do with the vintage collection. It's uh, He's absolutely nailed his SEO and all that on uh, on YouTube. It is, of course, uh, Tim, aka Bosk's Bounty. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you, mate. How are you? And also, thanks very much for having me on. 
You're welcome. Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. It's great to have you here. It's um, it's your your channel is the the one like I said that comes up for everything. So a big thumbs up and uh, and congrats on absolutely nailing your uh, your keyword searches and all and your titles and everything. So I was doing a search the other day. I was searching for something specific, um, uh, in the vintage line, and when I found it. It was in amongst, I don't know, 50 other videos of yours. So as I was searching through YouTube, it was just the whole line of Bosk's Bounty, Bosk's Bounty. So, um, yeah, that's very cool. Um, and there's some other YouTubers out there that, that do this stuff, and, you know, some of them are quite cool. But, um, yeah, you're somebody we've wanted to talk to for a while because uh, the quality of your videos is very, very good. You get straight to the point. There's no, you know, there's no faff or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, and you give honest opinions on the figures as well, which is great. So, um yeah, so just appreciate everything you do on your YouTube channel, Tim. It's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. I do try to, uh, you know, be a give my honest opinion. Um, if I don't like something, then I'll then I will definitely say so. Because for me, it's all about it, you know improving the quality as we go on, and I definitely think that the quality has improved, especially over the last six months. The quality of the figures that we are getting has improved massively. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's a good point. So, um, yeah, that your honesty is very much appreciated with that stuff. So, because uh, the last thing people want to do is look at one of your videos and you say it's you know it's great for the sake of it, nip out and get the figure, and then it's uh, it's not great. So, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, how's life been recently for you? Um, because obviously you're very busy on on YouTube. You're putting out multiple videos every single week, which is awesome. Um, but everything's cool. Hopefully, you're good. Yeah, I think I'm I'm well. I've had a few a different Christmas this year with um, uh, my wife and everything was, was a bit poorly, but she, thankfully she's on the road to recovery. Um, But yeah, I just enjoy making videos. I have a day job. Not many people might know that, but I do have a day (laughs) job. Um, So yeah, I just fit it in when I can in the evenings and everything at the weekends. And uh, yes, it's it's a hobby. It's a hobby for both things really, because I like the creating part of it. And I, Obviously, I'm talking about something that I'm very passionate about and that's been in my life for a very long time. So, Cool, yeah. Uh, so you've obviously got a huge passion for um, for the collecting side of things, obviously with the, with the figures and, you know, the vintage line and some, some, other, some other toy lines as well. Uh, but what came first for you then? You say you've been into it for a long time. So was it the movies? And I assume we look like we're a, a similar age. So I assume it was the original trilogy. Was it the movies that got you into that? Or was it the figures that got you into the movies? Um, I think it was that it's hard to remember exactly, but I think it was the figures because I remember vividly getting like, um, Ben Kenobi, Leia, Luke and Vader. I think it was in, in one pack for Christmas, you know? Um, and I must've been say five or six, so this would have been about 1981, 82. So they would have been on Empire Strikes Back cards. Um, not that I can remember what the cards looked like. That's the thing. I just remember opening the and seeing them there and thinking they're amazing. And at that point when I got them, I, I can't even remember if I'd actually seen the film because I, I definitely wouldn't have gone to the cinema to see, to see the Empire Strikes Back. And obviously I wasn't, I would have only been one when um, Star Wars came out. So I vividly remember going to the cinema to watch Return of the Jedi when I was seven with my brother. Um, And I remember being able to buy the figures for that film on the way home from seeing Return of the Jedi, which was, which was awesome. Um, So I, I, I think, I guess it's the figures. My brother's four years older than me. So I'm thinking maybe I would have had some handed down from him and he probably saw the films and we probably played it together. I think that's it's probably the figures that came first, I think. Okay, yeah, that's cool. So it sounds like it's been, like you mentioned, it's Star Wars has been in your life from your earliest memories of movies and, and sci-fi and stuff, which is great. And can you remember your first... So you mentioned you've, you've got some figures when you were younger, maybe some from your brother and someone. Do you remember the first figures that you actually bought yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I remember vividly on the way back from Return of the Jedi, stopping it in a local shop called Gamley's. Um, I wasn't aware of how big that chain was, but certainly we had them down in the South. And um, at that point, you know, a third of the shop was all Star Wars. It completely dominated. And um, yeah, I remember buying, uh, me and my brother bought a figure each, and I think I bought the Biker Scout and he bought the uh, Return of the Jedi Luke, or it might have been the other way around. 
But we live we live on the coast, and I remember walking on the seafront back, playing with the figures on the walls and stuff. And um, so I definitely would have spent some pocket money then. Um, and then also, I also remember going to Tesco's with my mum, you know, when she did the food shop, because purely because obviously Tesco's would have figures. And I remember picking up some of like the some of the last seventeen, you know, and nagging wow. her for those and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing so it's great memories i i have uh i have similar memories to that where uh my mum being out and doing yeah food shopping here and there and it it seemed like back in the day a lot more shops and shops that now people of a certain generation wouldn't expect that they would sell star wars figures and toys had them all over the place which is great but did you um this might just be me but when you were when you think back to those toy shops when you were younger did you feel like the line and the range and just the volume of toys, especially Star Wars, was a lot bigger than what it is now? Oh, absolutely. As I say, yeah. you know, my family's, you know, a third of the shop in the corner was just completely wall-to-wall Star Wars. You, you know, you'd look up at the top sort of shelf there and there'd be God knows how many Millennium Falcons and what have you. But I do also vividly remember when the line was dying out because I remember then I was about nine or ten just sort of getting maybe a bit too old for toys perhaps I don't know I was getting into other things but I mm-hmm. remember taking my pocket money down there and buying a scout walker for 99p in Gamleys oh. and I think Woolworths <laughs> did the same they had all of those figures for you know bags of figures and anything you know I think Gamleys had figures for 49p which was you know you could pick up so many uh, those were the crazy. days you know <laughs> Those, oh, that's such a great memory because, yeah, I have, again, I have very similar memories to that of of seeing just so much stock uh, in a lot of the shops that we had here in the UK. And I was also down in the southeast and some of those chains and so on, just seeing them everywhere. And what a, uh, it's just sickening now, isn't it, to to think that those, like you mentioned, those scout troopers and the Millennium Falcons that, of course, money's moved on since then with, you know, the value of money and so on, but still you know the the value of star wars toys today is much is such a vast increase on what we had back in the day so what's great memories tim yeah i'd forgotten about some of those uh some of those places as you mentioned when the line was coming to a close for that particular era anyway and you just saw big buckets and bins as well just yeah. full of figures that they hadn't sold and they were i don't know probably 50p yeah well uh, Wool- Woolworths yeah. to sh- uh, to save space on their shelves they used to open the figures and then put them in bags and then stick a oh. big sticker for 49p so you or 99p <laughs> you could get five five loose figures essentially for, for 99p and things like that so that wow. was you know in bargain bins and that that's why a lot of a lot of the card backs are damaged and stuff because you know they would just have been they would just be in sort of bins at the end of the aisle mm-hmm. crazy <clears throat> yeah so from that point onwards then so you've you picked up some toys and then when did you get back into collecting then? So if you drifted away from, if you felt like you were into it, as we all do, we kind of move away from comics and toys and we, you know, discover girlfriends and, you know, other life stuff and whatnot. When did you come back into collecting Star Wars then? Um, Well, I remember being about 21 and there was like a local comic shop and they had vintage figures in baggies. And at that point, you could pick up like a scout trooper, for example, for about six pounds loose. Um, and I remember picking up a couple of those just to have, I just got a flat by myself and I just had this little tiny shelf with just a, f- a few figures on there just to, you know, almost remind me of my youth and that I still like this <laughs> stuff or whatever. But for me, it was um, about when the Power of the Force 2 line came out. Um, I didn't really like the look of those figures because they were all bulky and everything, but I did, you know, notice the fact that Star Wars was back and I, like everybody else thought maybe all these are, <laughs> might be valuable one day. <laughs> so I, 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 I bought a load of those. I don't have them anymore. Um, but I did have a lot of the power of the force. And also when the Phantom Menace came out as well, I bought a lot of those card backs, like, like everybody else did, but I would probably say that my full on collecting has been going for about the like last five years, especially when okay. the vintage collection was due to come back. That's when I actually set up my website and my YouTube channel, uh, purely because of the excitement of, of, of that line, line coming back. And some of my earliest videos are the reviews of that first wave in 2018. 
Um, I made some other videos beforehand, just getting you know used to YouTube, a few Lego things and things like that. But the plan was always to, you know, have it focused on Star Wars figures. So, um, you know, you have to, you have to get into the sort of position financially as well. It's like 10 years ago, I was buying a house, getting married, having my children. Um, so now they're a little bit older, you know, my wife's back working, things like that. So you have a, a small amount of disposable income to, to be able to, you know, put towards the hobby. Yeah, of course. Yeah. My, um, my co-host Mark and I have said that a few times on the show where, it's, uh, it's, it's quite lucky when you, um, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because at the time when you're younger, you want all the toys, but, um, you know, with financial circumstances, when you were younger, like my mum was a single mum, so she didn't have a lot of money. So we just got the odd figure here and there. And, uh, I think I had, a, I, I got an eighty eighty one year, which I was over the moon about and stuff like that. But at that age, you just want everything. And then when you fast forward in time and you have got a bit of disposable income, you, yeah, it's lovely to, uh, to, to just feel like, okay, I can buy that because I didn't, I couldn't afford it when I was younger. So I'm going to pick that up now. So yeah, Mark and I share the same feeling on that. And he does the same thing where I think he puts a you know few quid aside each month. And if he sees a figure he likes, he knows he can pick that up or, you know, a couple of figures. So yeah, again, I can totally relate to, uh, to, to that one. And um, I think that's a common thing. I think if, if we speak to other collectors and, uh, you know, potentially traders who are again of a certain age, like we are, I think that's a common thing, right? Where people get financially stable and then they could go back and then revisit all the stuff that they wanted back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. I think we are living in that sort of perfect storm time where, you know, people of our age, anywhere between, I don't know, 40 and 55, 60, maybe, um, you know, watch those films for the first time when they were, when they were kids played with the toys and now they're able to, you know, get into that hobby and, and collect them again. Uh, the prices yeah. are becoming a you know a bit unattainable for some people now. It's, it's it is getting a you know in terms of the vintage figures, it is getting a bit silly out there in terms of the prices. But um, especially in like the last sort of two years since the pandemic and what have you, I think a lot mm -hmm. of people maybe with a bit more disposable income than the nor <laughs> normal person. Um, perhaps sitting at home bored get wants to get into a hobby and um i think a lot of new collectors came into the market and those prices you know the force the prices up a bit yeah yeah it's probably true yeah and do you think there's an element in that from the manufacturer so hasbro do you do you think that um do you think that they're aware at the bulk that the i guess the bulk of their global market i guess is aimed at adults who are collecting these figures because um, I guess back in the day, they knew that there wasn't as many adult collectors. So it was aimed purely at the kids who were actually going to unwrap them and play with them and so on. But yeah, do you think that Hasbro know that and they can put the prices up a wee bit because they know it's adult collectors with that income? Yeah, 100%. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, I think um, the vintage collection and the Black Series are called fan lines. And what they mean right. by that is adult lines. Mm -hmm. uh, you have the Mission Fleet line, which is for kids, which is a lot cheaper. Um, but as we know, you know, my son, my son does like Star Wars figures and everything, but I think a lot of that is to do with me. Um, I think he would probably sooner rather the play a video game or play football or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we had computers and everything back in the day, but I don't, they, they didn't dominate like they do now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. My son's the same. We, we seem to have a lot of similarities, Tim. Yeah. Cause my son's the same where, um, last year or the year before, uh, we were, um, changing his room around and redecorating. I said, well, get some collectibles up on the shelf or on your desk. And I insisted that he had a Darth Vader on there. If I hadn't have insisted, it probably would have been, you know, some Fortnite character <laughs> yeah. or, you know, something like that. Um, so what was the, okay. So, uh, let's come back to present day. Then you've got your collection, you know, rocking and rolling you started to pick up some new figures what made you want to do the youtube side of things and then start to i guess document your 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 collection as you've built it up and so on and review them um well i wasn't really a big watcher of youtube originally um so a lot of the channels that were around maybe when the vintage collection first came out 10 12 years ago um you know i never watched any of those and what got me into youtube was actually my son and he used to watch a lot of 
like Ryan's toys and things like that. These sort of very young channels, like opening up surprise eggs and things like that. And because he was watching that sort of stuff, I started watching it with him. And then I would naturally find stuff that I was interested in. And um, yeah, so I just started watching it and I just thought, you know what, that's, I think I could do that, you know, and my day job does involve like marketing and websites and, and things like that. So I've always wanted to have my own website. And then I looked at other Star Wars websites and I thought, well, these are massive and already established. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to compete with, you know, your Jedi newses. And, you know, I didn't really want to be mm-hmm. a Star Wars news site, essentially. Um, so, yeah, just it just went hand in hand, really. I just thought I'm going to give it a try. And I don't do things half-heartedly. If I'm going to do something, I always want to do it properly and to the best of my ability. So I think even my very first videos had like my logo on it. So I got somebody to design that for me. So I had it all planned out what I wanted to do. Um, the videos have obviously improved in quality as I've got sort of more confident on on, cam- well, not on camera, but my voice and everything, reviewing mm-hmm. figures, doing live streams, things like that. Um but yeah, that's, that's how it was really. It was, it, you know, I go back now and I watch some videos from years ago and I think, God, people have been doing this for ages. You know, I wish I'd done this 10 years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's my son just, just watching kiddie, kiddie YouTube channels, you know? Yeah. Nice one. So you got the bug. Yeah. You thought you would, you'd do that and you've, uh, uh 20,000 plus subs now. What an achievement. Yeah. I mean, that is a surprise. I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't think it would, it would, it would do that. Um, it was, it was literally just to sort of, um, channel my hobby into, into a sort of new age way, if you like, you know, creating videos Mm. and talking about it and whatever, finding like-minded people. And I've met so many great people, made some really good friends from doing it. So it's, yeah, it's just awesome. Yeah, that's great. Such a good achievement. 20,000. Crikey. And, uh, it's cool that you've included, so you've mentioned that your son got you into, um, you know the YouTube stuff, but it's really cool that you include him in some of your videos. Little Boss who turns up, yeah, every now and then. So that's very cool. So does he? You mentioned that, um, you know, because of you primarily, he, you know, he's into some of the Star Wars stuff. Once he's into it, though, do you find that it's cool to have him talking about some figures and reviews? Does he enjoy it once you drag him in and, and get him to do it? Oh, I don't need to drag him into the videos. He, he, if it, if it's up to him, he would be on every video. Oh, um, nice. yeah. but you know, I. I I like to bring him in every now and then. I think I, there was a thing a, a couple of years ago about um, YouTube and sort of punishing kids sites and stuff like that and to do with ads and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I think a lot of people got a bit worried at that point about making their chat, but you know, my channel is for adults essentially. When I look at my al- analytics, I think the majority of my viewers are between 30 and 55, you know, um, so I, lo- I love involving him and I do involve him more and more, but, um, you know, it's, it is my channel <laughs> essentially. Um, but I do, lo- I do love it. And, you know, once I've reviewed a figure more often than not, he gets it, you know, straight after mm-hmm. it's his. And then I have to wait for another one to show up. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. And, uh, and what's the, how have you mentioned you've met loads of very cool people since you've started the channel and so on. Uh, th- there is a bit of criticism within um, Star Wars fandom every now and then, you know, we, especially outsiders who are looking in that observe things like, you know, the social media channels and YouTube video comments and so on, that it's it's sometimes viewed as a bit toxic now and then and there's, you know, some, some weirdness going on there. Um, have you... Uh, encountered any of that at all because for, for us we've had nothing but really cool interactions with uh, people that we've spoken so how has it been for you uh, it's been fine for me as well um you know you get the odd comment or whatever but um in terms of um negativity neg- negativity with other channels or other creators you know i keep well clear of all of that i don't get involved i think twitter's an absolute minefield regardless of what niche you're in you're always going to get neg- negativity on there i think it's a a great sounding board for people to be negative uh twitter that is their chosen platform um but yeah i i guess i hopefully i don't do anything that annoys anybody um but yeah, no, I've met as I've met great people, and 
in person and I've also met people, you know, great people f- from an online capacity as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say some of the events that we have here in the UK at least, um, we've got some really cool ones and uh, uh, one that um, I know that you've been to before and I assume you're going to be going to soon is the Echo Base Live, uh, which is a very, very cool, but albeit um, potentially expensive day out um, to go and look at that stuff. Uh, I assume you're going this year and is there anything that you're looking to pick up uh, there still? Uh, yeah, I'm going in April, I think it is. Um, mm. I've been to the last four or five and... I've always made the, meet the same people up there. But in fact, last time there must've been 20 of us that I, you know, people and this, and last time also I had people actually recognizing me and coming up to me saying, you know, great channel and all this, which is, which is a bit weird. Uh, but you know, I, you know, it's enjoyable and whatever speaking to people, uh, in terms of what I'm looking for, um, I need one more figure to complete my original 96 run, which is yak face. Um, so if any sellers are listening, please don't have him price too high. Um, so that's what I'm after. And I'm all, always, if I ever see a, a mint on card Bosk, um, that's a different right. yeah. variation to one that I already have, then I'll always consider, consider picking those up. But yeah, it's, I always pick up something when I go, it's, it's really good. Mm. So you have got a couple of outstanding, would you say grail pieces, I guess then? So yak face and the odd Bosk. Yeah, I've got some decent pieces that over the years that I've picked up. My most recent one was a um, carded Palatoy Bosque, which um, on the Empire Strikes Back card, which is an expensive, expensive one to get. I had to sell a few bits and bobs to be able to <laughs> to be able to pick that one up. And I've got a few. You know, if you just even look at the loose run of figures, you know, there's some in there that are two, three hundred pounds. I think R two D two with the pop up lightsaber is near on five hundred pounds loose. So absolutely crazy, uh, but yeah. if you want if you want the full run, then unfortunately you've got to bite the bullet with that one. Yeah, and the uh, for the benefit of uh, our Star Wars listener that's not aware of the Palatoy stuff, um, was that the UK arm of the the old school manufacturing for? Yeah, Kenner? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Kenner in the in the United States, and we had Palatoy, and we actually manufactured yes. it it in the UK. Yeah. So they they run for quite a lot of money. I, I I hear the Palatoy stuff. Do you see them pop up often, or are they sort of rare pieces that you have to jump on when you see them? Uh, you don't see them as often as the Kenner stuff because of the the amount that was produced, um, and also they stopped putting the actual Palatoy logo on them on the from Empire Strikes Back onwards, and then also everything turned into the Tri logo cards when they had distribution going all around Europe. Um, so yeah, there's. Uh, it's funny when people say, is that rare? Because you probably say yes, but in reality, there's quite a few of them around in people's collections. It's just whether they come up for sale or not is, mm. is the, is the thing really. Yes. Yeah. And talking of expensive figures, one that's just launched recently, which is now going for absolutely silly money, um, is the, the razor crest. Yeah from the mandalorian um i saw your review of that obviously you of course you were uh, you did a video review on that which is awesome would you say that's worth the money that you paid for that one um i think it is yeah i mean when you compare it to other vehicles and prices like the big millennium falcon most recently was 400 i think it was 400 dollars, maybe 350 pounds so maybe it's about the same price um but yeah, I think I think they've done a, a really, really good job with that. I mean, of course, I'd want it for less. And if you didn't jump on one, then they're selling now for seven, eight hundred pounds, which is obviously ridiculous. But that's just the way mm. it is. And and some people say, you know, that's a ridiculous price to pay for it, scalpers. But I think at the time, if you know, it wasn't like a limited thing. Everyone had the chance to get one of those if they wanted to. Of course, some people at the time may not have been in the financial position to get one, and now they are. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be wanting to have to pay eight hundred pounds for one. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I saw one for more than that. I think there was um, some clips and some pics of uh, there was an event in London the last weekend, London Film and Comic Con Spring. And somebody had a stand, a stall there, and it was up on the top, uh, which for eleven hundred yeah. British pounds, which is just crazy. I mean, I, I 
I don't think it sold. <laughs> I don't think anybody uh, parted with that amount of money when you could have picked it up. Like you said, it was readily available for people to order and stuff back then. So, yeah, that that just struck me as one of those big standout ones where, and I imagine that price will only go up as well over the years. I'm no expert on that stuff, but in five years' time, would you expect to see that same thing for even more money than it is now well i think we're seeing a price decrease at the moment i think obviously people bought multiples of it maybe and because they saw what happened with the barge the first has lab and they go for like two thousand pounds now and that originally cost 500 and, you, and you're you know you're unfortunately going to get people jumping on that bandwagon um it's, it's a difficult one to know because there are 28,000 of them around. So it's not like it was, you know, the barges, there is only like eight to 10,000 of them. So it is, it is mm. a, there is more of them. So I would think that the price is going to start coming down a little bit for them. And then perhaps, yeah, in a year or so, once it's settled down, maybe, maybe they'll start going back up. But I think the people that flipped them earlier on, you know, maybe got 900 pounds for them or whatever. But I think yeah. if you tried to sell one now, I don't think you'd get that. Okay. Yeah. It's a lovely piece, though. It looks awesome. Yeah. How do you deal with room with your collection? Because you must be coming up to the point now where there must be a conversation with the missus at some point <laughs> saying, look, love, we're going to have to move soon. I need a much bigger <laughs> room somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that is difficult. So I, I do have a little Star Wars room where I do all my videos and it's not very big at all. Um, it used to be like a nursery. And then when my son moved into his own room, um, I sort of commandeered that for my Star Wars room because everywhere was overflowing with boxes and figures and what have you. <laughs> the problem is now that my lounge is now overflowing with with boxes and, and figures and things like that. And so um, we're, we are looking at like a loft conversion, which we were always wanting to do anyway, but it's become even more urgent. Um, and one of those rooms upstairs will be will be my collection room and it's probably double the size of what I've got now. And then, you know, the room downstairs can then be used for something else. But uh, yeah, it's difficult. Um, I have to be picky and choosy about what I display and what I don't. And the rest of it, unfortunately for the time being has to go in boxes. Yeah. No, I read you. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, that'll be a, a fun conversation with the builders then. So when they ask you, what's prompted the loft conversion it's just one of those <clears throat> well star wars yeah. collecting I, I i had the architect round and i said right i'm gonna let you in this room but don't laugh <laughs> and he opened it goes, was he impressed, he goes oh my god you've got a toy shop <laughs> that must have been impressive though nonetheless walking in and seeing uh all of that stuff because you have all your stuff carded on the walls it looks great isn't yeah it? yeah i mean it, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what they thought really if i'm honest <laughs> oh that's uh yeah, well, that's a story to tell back at the office anyway. Another Star Wars collector. Yeah, we need another loft conversion. <laughs> um, okay, so what's the um, what's uh, what draw you? What sorry, what drew you to the character of Bosk as a young age? Then, because obviously you've named your channel Bosk's Bounty, and you've you know got a very you know clear love for that character and those figures and stuff. So, what drew you to to that character? I don't know really. I think you know he's quite bright, isn't he? Quite brightly coloured figure. Um, I always loved the aliens in Star Wars and there was something about those bounty hunters in, in the Empire Strikes Back. And whenever I used to play Star Wars as a kid, he always used to be the baddie because I, I don't know about you, but you, I never sort of acted out the movies when I was playing, you know, it wasn't Vader after Luke and having lightsaber battles. My imagination sort of took off a bit more than that. And I used to have, Bosk as like the main baddie chasing down the goodies or whatever. And so, yeah, when I was thinking about channel names and website names, I was trying to think of, um, you know, bounty hunters and then it's a collecting channel. So it's like bounty, you know, so I don't know. It might, might be a so genius you, move. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you join the dots. No, I think it is a, it is a genius move because, uh, we have seen a bit of, um, over the last, I don't know, three or four years, you know, the, the the recent surge of Disney Plus stuff from Star Wars where they've expanded and and they've moved away from the main Skywalker story a little bit and we've seen shows around other characters and obviously the recent Boba Fett stuff. But, um, so I think the Boba Fett stuff is, even though he was on screen for something ridiculous like, I don't know, 
three minutes throughout the entire trilogy. He was always one of those very popular characters that everybody gravitated towards. Like you said, if you weren't into recreating the Luke and Vader stuff, he was one of those other cool characters. And um, so I think if you went down the Boba Fett line or somebody, you know, more more mainstream, uh, like, you know, Luke or whatever, uh, or Vader, it would have been, your channel would have just been lumped in with all the other people doing that stuff. So I think it's a genius move doing the whole Bosk thing because uh, Bosk was one of the characters that I played the most in the Battlefront 2 game. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, he was, he's definitely a great character and I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a cool YouTube name because nobody else does anything like that in terms of, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why your stuff pops up so much because it doesn't adhere to the whole, you know, you you don't use Star Wars in the title. You don't use Star Wars for much of that description stuff. It's focused very much on, on that stuff. So yeah, that's a, that's a genius move, I think. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> going back to the, uh, the the screen time and stuff and Bosk had even less screen time yeah. than Boba Fett. So um I I think I mentioned I, I'm guessing you're an OT guy yeah. overall. Uh what's your fave film from from the OT? Um yeah I always answer this in that I recognise that the Empire Strikes Back is the best film out of the three. It, it there's no getting away from it it is. But if I'm sitting there and I want to watch a Star Wars film I'm gravitated always to Return of the Jedi. And I don't know whether that's because um, it was the first one that I saw at the cinema and I was seven when that came out. So that's where most of my memories are because anything before that is hard to to remember. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's just a fun movie. I love love the ending of Return of the Jedi with the the Luke and uh, Vader the music and everything, the way it swells as they're, as they're going for it. It's just brilliant. And, um, the speeder bikes Endor, even if you don't like the Ewoks, you know, it's just a great, it's a great movie. So that's my go-to movie, but Empire is, Empire is the best movie without doubt. I think. The Empire Strikes Back is the, um, uh, is, yeah, as you said, often recognized as the best in the OT, but you enjoy Return of the Jedi. A little, yeah, that's yeah. the one I'd go to if I was sitting there bored one day. You know, what do I, what do I do? I've got a loose end. I'll put Return of the Jedi on. But all, all three, all three are brilliant. I think I've probably seen Star Wars the most, the original Star Wars, because I remember that being on TV when I was a kid, and I recorded it onto a VHS. And then during the summer holidays, I used to watch it every day, and I always remember like having to fast forward through the adverts, you know, because <laughs> you've recorded it off ITV. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've probably seen Star Wars the most out of all three of them, but um, yeah, Return of the Jedi is, is my go-to. Yeah, awesome. And do you um, do you watch any of the recent stuff on Disney Plus, Boba Fett and Mandalorian? Are you into that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watch it all. I consume everything, even the animated stuff. Um, I, I love it all. Yeah, anything Star Wars. I mean, obviously there are levels of what's I, I think is better than <laughs> something else, um, but I enjoy it all to some degree. Nice. And what's your um, what's your opinion on obviously the biggest talking point in Star Wars over the last few years? What's your opinion on the sequel trilogy films because they're very divided versus the other ones? I've got to say, as time goes on, I like them less and less, um, especially when you see what they can do with like the Mandalorian, for example, which I thought was very very good. Um, Book of Boba Fett is 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 good. It's not quite Mandalorian levels, I think, but the yeah, I really enjoyed the Force Awakens. <clears throat> Excuse me, I really enjoyed the Force Awakens, and when that came back, the whole hype around it and everything was was just amazing. And you know, Star Wars is coming back. This is brilliant. And the first couple of times I saw it, I thought this is great. I didn't really notice that potentially it was had the same beats as A New Hope. Um, but I've got to admit, when I watched The Last Jedi, I took me and my brother went and, you know, this took me back to watching The Return of the Jedi with him. You know, we went together and we're going to get together to see The Last Jedi. And we both looked at each other at some points in that film thinking, what is what is going on? I'm not I'm not too sure if I'm enjoying this, you know, and he's not as big a Star Wars fan as me. And even he was like, this doesn't seem right for some reason. And I left the film not really knowing what to say. I didn't want to sort of say to everybody, I don't think I enjoyed that. 
because it was Star Wars, I wanted to really enjoy it. But as I say, as time's gone on, I think they they made a bit of a mess of that trilogy. And I think it's pretty obvious that they should have had an overarching story for the whole three. And I don't think that was the case. And I, yeah. I, I think, I think um, it's very evident in the last film looked to repair some of the things that happened in the, in the second film. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you echo the thoughts that we have here as well on, on Spark of Rebellion, pretty much the same thing where The Force Awakens, we felt, started off reasonably strong and was a fairly decent film, but then from then on, especially with The Rise of Skywalker, it just, uh, I don't know, just feels a little bit a little bit weird, un-Star wars in a way, which is weird because it's got a lot of Star Wars in it, obviously, but yeah, it just doesn't feel, yeah, very Star Warsy, which is weird. So that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, the one thing I noticed about the Rise of Skywalker when I went to the cinema to see that was it was, it was going a hundred miles an hour. Mm. I just thought they're trying to pack so much in here, and I was quite surprised at that because obviously after the Last Jedi, I didn't think there was too much more to tell. To be honest, that's <laughs> that, and that was half one of the problems. Like, where do they go? Where do they go from that? A lot yeah. of things were almost tied up. So, yeah, and then based on the on the feelings then of the, the sequel trilogy and how they wrap that up. If you uh, are you looking forward to some of the potential stuff? So I don't know the exact details, but we all, we're always hearing that there's a new trilogy on the way and there's a new star Wars film and so on. Are you looking forward to new star Wars as always, or take it or leave it with the films anyway? No, I'm looking forward to whatever they can do. I, I just hope that they learn from the mistakes that have been made. And as I say, if anything's to the standard of the Mandalorian, then they'll then they'll be okay. Um, a lot of people might say that's because it's got a lot of fan service in it and things like that. I don't really think that's the case. I think it's a well-written story. And yes, it has a lot of stuff that's aimed at my age group. But that's not the reason why I like it, you know. I think, I think it really brought back uh, the family side of things for me. Like my whole family watched The Mandalorian. Right. Because my wife liked Baby Yoda. <laughs> my daughter liked Baby Yoda. Ordinarily, they wouldn't really want to watch Star Wars. It's just not their their thing. But we all watched The Mandalorian. We all couldn't wait every week for it to come out, you know? Yeah. I think it's interesting point on the fan service stuff as well, because I feel like the fan service stuff wasn't there to distract anything. Like, you just mentioned that everybody who might not necessarily watch some of the, the other films... We all watched The Mandalorian and, you know, it was really enjoyable. But I think the fan service stuff, if you didn't know what it was, it didn't affect the story anyway. So it was a, yeah. it was a nice, um, the, the, especially the, uh, the Mandalorian-specific episodes in the recent Book of Boba Fett series, they were extremely fan service. It's that one where he turns back, he's back on Tatooine and he's, he's expecting to pick up the Razor Crest, but he ends up with the Naboo Starfighter that's being, you know, that episode. That was fan service every 30 seconds, it felt like. But if you weren't aware of it, you weren't scratching your head thinking, I'm getting lost, this is too Star Wars-y. So I, I yeah. absolutely agree with you, mate. I think if they can take what they've done with The Mandalorian and how they've done that storytelling, and it's all about Filoni and Favreau for me. I think if they can get those guys into the films yeah. in some way, then it would be awesome, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think The Force Awakens for me felt Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And people talk about the prequels, but, you know, whatever you think about the storyline of that and having Vader as a, like, too young a kid or whatever, you know, whatever criticisms people have, I always felt that those uh, prequel trilogy films felt like Star Wars. They, they had the beats of Star Wars, and I think they lost that a little bit in the sequel trilogy, and I think The Mandalorian has the Star Wars beats. Yes, agreed. Yeah, totally agreed, mate. And I think that's... Uh... Yeah, as I said, I think that's the Filoni-esque side of things yeah. because he was such a, almost an apprentice to George, I suppose, in a way. And when you watch anything to do with the Clone Wars that he's written and all that, you can tell that's got all those Star Warsy beats and stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting. Are you looking forward to the Obi-Wan Kenobi show that's coming up? Is it May? Yeah, May. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Ewan McGregor's back. Some of the things that I've heard that might happen in it, I'm a bit sort of about and I'm hoping that they just get it right. Um, you know, because when you think about when you watch first watch Star Wars, for me anyway, it seemed that Obi-Wan hadn't seen Vader since 
you know, the prequels, basically, even though you, the prequels didn't exist when you first watched that. But that's the impression that I got. So if they're going to have those two meet up, which is potentially spoiler alert, that might happen, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, then I really do hope that they, they do that right because, you know, certain things that he said could be taken different ways in 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 the OT, um, in Star Wars, when he says things like... Um, you know, this is a presence that I haven't felt since, mm-hmm. but then he leaves it, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> so you don't really know how long it is since they've, but for me, I always got the impression that it's been quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah. Cause he does, it's a bit ambiguous. It's kind of, I yeah. felt, yeah. So that's, yeah. Genius foresight by George or a lovely coincidence. <laughs> well, who knows, but uh, okay. So we've got some cool stuff to look forward to. Definitely with the Disney Plus with Obi-Wan and some other bits, potentially with the films, who knows. Uh, just going back to toys, just for the last question before we close with a quick fire round. What's your most anticipated toy release that's coming up then that you're you've definitely you're definitely gonna pick up? Um so obviously this has got got to be something that's been revealed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I'd have to go with the um the uh Boba Fett's throne room, oh, okay. which is for the vintage collection. Yeah, and I mean, there's some awesome figures coming, which I can't wait to get. Um, I should have one next week, actually. Fennec Shand from uh, Mandalorian, straight oh, nice. because Boba Fett looks a great, really nice figure. But I think that playset of Jabba's throne room looks really good. Loads of detail, and to have the um, overweight shall we say bib fortuna included that was just genius and yeah, i'm really looking forward to that <laughs> oh nice yeah so look forward to the video for that then reviewing that which will be good rightio to round out then with uh, some quick fire just this will give just our listener a, a a good round uh opinion of your uh <laughs> as you as a star wars fan so you can only answer with the with the with the potential a or b answer so number one luke or ray Luke. Original trilogy or prequel trilogy? Original trilogy. Prequel trilogy or sequel trilogy? Prequel trilogy. Darth Vader or Kylo Ren? Darth Vader. (laughs) X-Wing or A-Wing? Ooh, X-Wing. The Clone Wars or Rebels? Clone Wars. Tatooine or Jakku? Tatooine. The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett? The Mandalorian. J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson? (laughs) (laughs) J.J. Abrams. And lastly, I think we all know the answer to this one, Bosk or Boba Fett? Oh, Bosk for sure. (laughs) Although Boba Fett is cool. (laughs) Boba Fett is cool, yeah. It's got to be Bosk, of course. Okay, well, that's going to do it, I think, uh, Tim. It's been such a fascinating um, chat with you to dig into your mind on um, how you feel about certain Star Wars things and the figures and and movies and and stuff like that. So it's been great. So thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to come chat with me. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's been awesome. Once again, a huge thank you to Tim over at Bosk's Bounty for taking the time out of his morning to uh, have a chat with me about all the Star Wars toys and collecting stuff. I think you'll you'll agree with me. Such a lovely guy and very, very knowledgeable. He's been in the game, so to speak, for a long time. You know, he's been a lifelong Star Wars fan. And that shows with his passion for his collecting and and uh, and, his, and his Star Wars, uh, his collection, primarily the, the vintage line stuff. But... Uh, I'll leave links in the show notes to both Tim's YouTube channel and his website. Go and check them both out. They're very, very cool. Uh, just basically just grab a cup of tea, grab a brew, sit yourself on the sofa, fire up his YouTube channel, and yeah, just hours worth of very, very cool reviews and unboxings and Q&As and everything on, on Star Wars Fig and stuff. It's very cool. So once again, thank you, Tim. That was, that was awesome. And on that, I think we'll wrap there for episode 146. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to our show. Once again, it's great to have you here. If you're a long-time listener, if you've listened to SOR for a while, then welcome back. If you've just discovered the show, then welcome. It's great to have everybody here listening to us, or me in this case, waffle around 
uh, Star Wars news and, and chat to various people. So thank you so much. If you don't follow the show yet, make sure you do that in your favourite podcast app. We put a new episode out every Saturday. So make sure you're following us. We're on the socials too, primarily Twitter and Instagram. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Instagram and the same forward slash Twitter. You'll find us over there. Give us a like and a follow as we chat Star Wars every week in between episodes. So come and, uh, come and give us a like there and a follow and, um, and hit us up. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of some upcoming Star Wars stuff, whether you agree with these Mike Zero rumours or anything else. Uh, we'd love to chat to you. So, uh, so do that. And also to our patrons who support us via Patreon. You guys are so awesome. And we had a new a newbie jump on the Patreon recently. So Dan, welcome. Uh, it's great to have you here uh, as, a, as a supporter. So thank you so much for your support and to our other patrons who also support us you guys are so cool and uh, it's great to have you here and if you'd like to support us if you like SOR then you can do that via Patreon at sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and you can sign up from a dollar onwards get yourself some SOR swag Dan will arrange for um, your uh, your swag to, to be on its way to you and uh, anyone else that joins up yeah, uh, we'll sort that out for you so thank you again to our patrons and your continued support. So until next week for episode 147, please take care of yourself and may the force be with you always. <laughs>